What's happening? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, coming at you today to talk about how to be free in an unfree world. The title and the topic is very near and dear to my heart, and it is taken from Harry Brown's seminal book, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. And I've got a link to that uh, below the video as well as in the article. I highly recommend you read the full book because there is a ton of material there. However, I'm going to give you the breakdown as well as my takeaways from this book, um, plus the things that I've learned and uh, the way that I've used this book in my life. I would say this book is probably the most influential, if not one of the most influential books I've ever read. Uh, the philosophy I've borrowed heavily from Harry Brown's personal philosophy in a lot of the stuff that I teach and a lot of the stuff that I use in my own life. And to me, a book like this that is so practical, so useful, so intelligent, uh, destroys all Nietzsche, Law, um, Locke, Hobbes, all those guys put together. Okay, This is perhaps the most, most important book that I could recommend to you if not one of the top three. So without further ado, I'm going to break down for you exactly how to be free in an unfree world. Okay. With that said, Harry Brown's philosophy is libertarian, uh, applied to, um, personal, his personal life and, and expanding that to your personal life. However, mine is not libertarian. I've taken things from his personal philosophy, but I don't have any type of ism that I belong to or that I have a dogmatic relationship with. And if you want to understand why, check my videos on moving beyond ideologies. Okay. So freedom as Harry Brown defines it is a lack of a desire to control others. This is very important. Um, if you're an alpha male or you're, you're a naturally dominant guy, you tend to find yourself in a position where you want to control people and tell other people what to do. However, that position leads you to be chained to that responsibility. It leads you to be frustrated when people don't do things with you, that, the way that you want them to, which is almost always. It leads you to be frustrated when people aren't accountable, which is almost always unless you're paying them money and even then they're unaccountable. And trying to control others is just a bad way to go through life. Okay. That's why I recommend, and you should check this video too, uh, why you should chase freedom over power. All right. You chase freedom over power. If I had chased power, I probably would have been stuck in Toronto as a middle manager, sales manager right now and been very unhappy with it as opposed to being out here in Thailand and being very happy and comfortable in my life. Okay, there's a big, massive difference, and this is a very important part of the concept to understand is freedom is the lack of desire to control others and the strong desire to do what you want and pursue your own happiness, okay? So as I've covered in a lot of other videos and articles, plans, movements, social combat are ineffective. Trying to change others is ineffective for the most part unless you have billions of dollars and a lot of guns. And even then, it makes you remain enslaved to them. Um, with power comes responsibility. You are responsible for the people when you have power over them. And your day and night is going to be devoted to that particular cause. And there will be a ton of setbacks and a ton of problems. And as I've said in my other videos, even then, the system of governance that we had doesn't, I mean, we haven't seen a large society that's that's highly functional since the invention of agriculture because it's it's extremely difficult for these large societies to work and it's just not the path that I recommend, okay? If you want to get into politics and try and change the world, plenty of other sites with guys getting angry and frustrated with the way that things are and talking about the great change that they're going to make. So I suggest that you watch those and watch those videos. Now. There's two reasons that people remain enslaved when they try and change others, okay? They don't realize that there's a multitude of options for being free, which there are, especially in um, today's world. You have more options than our ancestor could have ever dreamed, and with the technological revolution that is the internet, that's only going to vastly increase over time. And number two is they accept um, that they won't challenge the... That, 
They accept without challenging the assumptions that restrict their freedom, okay? They don't challenge the assumptions, well, I can't do this because of X. They don't just say, well, could I do that? You know, do I have to have this house? Do I have to get married? Uh, they just say, well, this is what I have to do, okay? If you've worked in the corporate world, you will learn and you will listen to grown men, men in their 30s, 40s, 50s, talk about what they have to do. And the vast majority of their life is what they believe they have to do. When in reality, they just haven't questioned the assumptions uh, behind that. Okay, so this is what Harry Brown calls assumption traps, and that's going to be the bulk of this video, is breaking down all these assumption traps that you have a multitude of options from, number one, and being able to question them and see if these assumption traps are working for you. And in most cases, they're, they're going to be not working for you. So the number one, uh, the first assumption trap that we're going to cover is identity trap. This is the identity trap number one, okay? And basically, Harry Brown defines that as um, living society's expectations. Okay, you have the belief that you should be someone other than yourself. Okay, I'm a good, responsible member of the community. Okay, if you've, if you've read my article, How to Murder Your Middle Class Mentality, I basically decimate that entire idea of this, you have to be this sort of... Um, khaki pants wearing, good, respectable member of your community, family man, uh, church once a week, bake sales, PTA meetings, this kind of a guy. When in reality, you might just want to not do any of that stuff, right? You might just want to have fun with girls and enjoy your life and focus really hard on your business, okay? Now, maybe you do want to do that stuff, uh, but it is the important thing is that you're not trying to be somebody else. You are not trying to be this identity that you've been sold through advertising and that your parents and uh, you know people who aren't you are trying to make you conform to, okay? Instead, freedom is doing things your own way and being the person that you want to be, all right? Good example is uh, gay men who live their entire lives in the closet and get married and have kids and then sometimes you see these guys come out of the closet in their 50s or 60s. Well, it's like... You know, at this day and age, whatever you are, you've got to, the sooner you start being yourself, the sooner you're going to be happy because you can't be happy living a lie, all right? And if you're living a lie, then that means you're living for others and you're living to avoid shame and it is a guaranteed, guaranteed that you will not be happy, okay? It is a, it is a guaranteed that you will not be happy, all right? So that's identity trap number one. Identity trap number two the assumptions that others will do things the way you would. Of all the traps in the book and of the list, this is the one that still triggers me sometimes, but I've done a lot of work on that. It is the case of when you're looking around and you see someone doing something stupid, like you do almost every day, especially if you're, um, you have to drive to work or whatever, you think, why the fuck would you do that? That's, that's my instant go-to. Why the fuck? Why would he do that? Why would you turn there? Like, no retard, why would you do that, right? <laughs> like, why? What the fuck is wrong with you? However, people don't do the way things the way that you do. People do dumb, retarded shit all the time. All the time. You can't control them. You can just control how you deal with them. So if I'm sitting there in traffic and I'm getting upset for five, ten minutes, that's on me. That's not on the other guy. Because I let him, I let his dumb shit affect my state, okay? When in reality, I should know, I should be prepared going into traffic that people are going to do dumb shit. And when I see the guy do a U-turn into oncoming traffic, I say, of course he does. That's, that's what I expected to happen, okay? That extends well beyond traffic to almost any of your area of your life where you are having a recurring problem, being upset with people. You should, that means you haven't managed your expectations properly, okay? You should know that they're going to be doing something stupid, whether it's at work or wherever. So, you, you can't control what they do, but you can control with how you deal with them. You give up control, okay, of that when you try and control others. So, you give up control of how you can deal with them and how you can reframe yourself when you try and control them. So, the smart move is not to try and control the other person, okay? Not to try and control the other person. 
smart move is to choose freedom over power, all right? And that's me being out here and not being a sales manager back in Toronto, trying to whip people and control them and make sure that they do their sales calls right and all kinds of other unfun things. And it's a large part of why I don't um, have employees for my business. I don't even have a VA or uh, I don't, I try and contract as little as possible because I know that it's most likely not going to be done to the standard that I want it to do. All right. In the future, I might choose to have uh, a contractor, but what I would choose to do, okay, in the terms of how I can control the situation is I'd rather have one guy pay him a lot of money and then have him subcontract out all the other problems. Basically, I just talk to one very smart, very capable guy, and then he handles all the problems for me, and whether he, if he wants to subcontract that out, I don't care, just as long as it gets done, and I know that, that that's the way that I would have the least possible headaches, okay? The... Number one problem in business, 90% of business stress as a business owner comes from having employees. Okay, The more you try and take on responsibility and control people, the more stress you're going to have because people always fuck things up. And if you're a high IQ, self-starter, autodidact, and the biggest mistake you can make is thinking that other people are going to be high IQ, self-starter, autodidacts because they're not. They're not like that whatsoever. And you just have to accept that reality and you have to think, well... Am I really that smart if I keep letting other people upset me and I keep trying to control other people? The answer is no. The smart thing to do is to control what you can control and not try and control other people. Just control with how you deal with them, right? If you have negative people in your life who are constantly fucking up your life, then you just get rid of them instead of trying to control them. You focus on you know, what the best, uh, most applicable solution is to that problem, right? So that's identity trap number two. Next trap is the intellectual trap, okay? This is the belief in the emotions you should have instead of the emotions you do have. If you are a high IQ intellectual guy, you might convince yourself that you are logical and rational, okay? This is what I covered in my last video of how to understand yourself in part one, that you are actually a very emotional being and that your logic and um, reason serves your emotions, okay? You have all kinds of emotions that uh, that you might not think you should have, okay? Someone pisses you off, you might think instantly to punch them in the face. And, however, you might think I'm logical, rational, I shouldn't have that emotion. Or you might think I'm a Christian, I shouldn't have that emotion. But the reality is you do have that emotion, okay? You do have that emotion. In reality, you're, you're not logical. In reality, your logic serves your emotions and you're always trying to get a good feeling at all possible times. And when someone cuts you off from a good feeling, perhaps they hurt your self-esteem, um, which makes you feel bad about yourself, then you are going to have uh, a reaction to that. But the smart thing you can do is accept what emotions you actually have and trying to instead of trying to pretend that you're an intellectual and, and above these type of emotions, you have to understand where your emotions are so that you can control them and so that you're able to reframe to a positive emotion. And the best way to do that is mindfulness training, okay? And you can do meditation if you want. I do meditation, um, you know, probably every other day around the afternoon, around 3 p.m. I just lie down on my bed, take my shirt off, put the air conditioning on, close my eyes, and just watch my thoughts. And that lasts half an hour, my life lasts an hour, and it really calms me down. And it's just an awesome way to relax. It's kind of like having a nap without um, going to sleep and then feeling groggy afterwards. However, the main key is being mindful during the day as much as possible. You, you want to be as, as aware as possible of, of your emotional state at all times. Because when you're not aware, that's when your emotions get the better of you. And when you are aware, you realize you have all these emotions that are coming from your primitive reptilian billion-year-old brain that are not particularly logical, okay? And then you just accept that I'm a human being, that's part of the human condition. Um, I'm not denying that they're there, but I am working within those emotions to reframe to positive realities, okay? Next point, which is to add to this one, is what Harry Brown calls the emotional trap. So we live to feel good, as I said before, and I discovered how to understand yourself. Our emotions are our operating system. 
However, they're not good decision makers. Okay, they're not good decision makers. This is the key. You, the smartest thing you can do is never make a, a decision when you are in a strong emotional state, either positive or negative. All right. And in my video, how to understand yourself, I break down that emotions are our operating system. They, that is the billion-year-old programming. That reason, rationality, and logic is much more recent. That's the flashing new interface. Okay. However, the old operating system, strong emotions, right, or emotions, are very bad for making decisions in the modern-day world. Okay. Our emotions would be great decision makers in the primitive world. Okay. You, you see a predator coming, you're terrified, so you either fight or flight. You get this huge kick of adrenaline to either attack the predator or to run away. However, in our modern day world, being in a state of fear is terrible for making decisions about perhaps your financial future or uh, your the future of your romantic relationships. Um, the same goes with being in a state of pure exhilaration, okay? Uh, this is something where you know, a lot of uh, salesmen will, will put on a conference and sell everyone to this positive state and then sell them on these really expensive packages that perhaps they wouldn't have bought if they didn't, if they weren't in that positive state, okay? So what Harry Brown recommends is to never make a decision when you're in a strong emotional state, either positive or negative, because you are not able to think clearly. And this is something that has been very beneficial in my life. Whenever I'm in that state, I hold on to my rationality and ration and, and I make sure that, that reason and logic serve my emotions. They serve to bring me consistent good emotions in the future. And so if I'm in one of those states, if I'm angry or scared or if I'm super happy and, you know, um, feeling great, I try not to make uh, any strong decision. Okay. That's like making... Um, a decision when you're drunk, right? Your thinking, your cognitive processes is not going to be clear as when you would be sober. So you never want to make a decision on on any type of strong emotions, all right? So the next point that Harry Brown makes is the morality trap, okay? This is the belief that you have to follow the moral code of someone else. And I would say the vast majority of people on this planet are following the moral code of perhaps 10 people, all right? You know, in the average person's life, there are 10 dead men who have controlled 90% of their morality, be it Mohammed, uh, Jesus, Buddha, Locke, Hobbes, Nietzsche, Rousseau, Marcuse. The vast majority of the ideas that we have today come from very influential people, and they've just sort of been incorporated into the modern um, morality. Like if you look at a progressive, Nearly all their their morality comes from uh, cultural, cultural Marxism, like Marcuse and um, you know these these dissident philosophers from the '60s. That that's made up the vast majority of what progressivism is. Okay, and it's the same with conservatives, the same with libertarians, same with people who are religious. The vast majority of their morality comes from maybe five, ten dead guys. That's it. Okay, so. It really depends on their particular reality tunnel, which of these dead men's philosophies they bring on. But you need to create a morality for you. Once you realize there's no rules to this shit, there's no rules to the game of life, why would you subscribe to someone else's morality when you can create your own? Now, you want to take the wisdom from people, okay? You want to create um, a morality for you, but you you want to take take which which influences work best for you, Okay. Take from the best, read the best, but incorporate that for your lifestyle. Or you can take you can take their morality entirely. If you want to take uh, Jesus's morality entirely and be Christian, that's particularly fine. Just make sure that you have examined everything and that you are not subscribing to a morality that doesn't fit your lifestyle. Okay, make sure that you've actually examined the belief, examined the morality, examined the man who's who spoke about these things. And then incorporate that into your lifestyle. It's very important. And I also recommend for most of you guys is to keep it open source. So I'm always constantly um, expanding and developing my moral code. And with all the things that I believe and all the strategies I have, they're always open source so that either I can put new inputs into it or if someone 
um, point something out to me, I can take new information and uh, use that to have a better model of the world and a better, better, um, better morality and a better sense of how to navigate through life. Next trap, unselfishness trap, okay? Similar to my video on how to live better by being selfish, the belief that you have to put others' happiness above yours is not a good way to live, okay? The, the best way to live is to maximize your own happiness. When you maximize your own happiness, number one, you're able to spread that around to the people around you because just by being happy, you stand out from everyone else and you make other people happy around you. Every, all your interactions, the checkout girl, the person who, your security guards, you know, everyone in your life is going to benefit from your happiness, your parents, your friends, everyone, right? Others benefit. And instead of trying to control other people and impose your morality on them in this false sense of altruism, you just focus on maximizing your own happiness and, and, and spread that to others, okay? No one's happiness has to be in front of yours. Why? Why would it? It doesn't make any sense. If you want to do nice things for people and do charity because it makes you happy, do it. But you don't have an obligation to do anything except for um, make yourself happy, right? As long as you're not hurting anybody and you're not ripping people off, why wouldn't you put your, your own happiness first? Okay, it makes sense. Also, when you maximize your own value, everyone else benefits, okay? For example, I understand that I'm only as good as the value that I create. So if I want to make money and get respect and adulation, I have to create a lot of value. And over the last five years, that's what I've tried to do. And that's what I've done with this site. My site, my videos are entirely selfish, okay? I'm a for-profit businessman and don't get me wrong, I love what I do, I'm obsessed with it, but I do it for money, I do it for respect, I do it for um, guys telling me that they, you know, the adulation, whatever it is, and it's a win-win. So I make myself valuable, I add value to you for selfish reasons, and then in return, you get value, or hopefully you do, and it's completely selfish, but that is what, that is a smart way to go about things. I don't think about um, what I want. I present what the marketplace wants. I add value so that, that I can, so that I can get the things that I want. All right. That's the smart way to do it. You love what you do. You do it for your profit, but you add value. Okay. You add value and then in terms, then in turn, you are rewarded. Okay. But it's completely selfish. It's completely selfish. And that's okay. You're supposed to be. Like, I want to, if, if I'm going to buy a book from someone, I don't expect them to be unselfish. I'm, if I'm going to buy a product from, from somebody, I want them to be a self, selfish, for-profit business, businessman who is doing the absolute best to add value, which in turn maximizes his profit and his respect. And, and that's the guy that I want to buy from, right? So forget about this whole idea of unselfishness. It's guys who are really selfish and built really awesome companies that change the world. I mean, look at a guy like Steve Jobs. Look what he created. I'm speaking to you on a smartphone that he invented from being extremely selfish, focused on a goal, focused on creating an amazing business, and he built the most influential, um, uh, highest market cap company in the world that has changed the world drastically and, and um, in incredibly positive ways. Okay. So this is very important. Next trap is the group trap. Okay. In the words of the great comedian, Bill Burr, who the fuck joins a group? All right. Who the fuck joins a group? I never understood that. Okay. This is the belief that you accomplish more in a group. I've known since in high school, when they used to force us to work in a group together, that working in a group setting always meant that I got the short end of the stick because I would do the most work, I would work the hardest, and there would always be someone slacking off who would get the same credit for the project, right? Every group or business that I've been in, almost everyone has been a loss for me with the, with the exception of one or two of my business partners, okay? If you're a high IQ, productive, strong-willed guy, chances are other people are gonna hold you back, all right? The group only, a group, only works for you when you are at the bottom and you 
get the results of the higher achievers without having to put in the same work. That's the only time a group works for you. If you are a top performer, then other people are naturally, for the most part, going to hold you back. Okay. And not only that, but you have the, um, you open yourself up to being deceived. I've had some um, dirty business partners I know. Every entrepreneur who has more than three or four companies, like I have, has had dirty par business partners. And mm, one of my best friends had one steal $40,000 from him. Okay, I've had business partners ransom, hijack my website. I've had guys go MIA. I mean, really terrible stuff. It's no coincidence that the business I have now is the one that has succeeded and it's the one that I've done all by myself. So this is very important. You do not need a group to succeed. In fact, you will, for the most part, do better by yourself. Even if it's scarier at the start and you're afraid to start a business by yourself, well, you fall on your face, but you learn, and then you get stronger and you get tougher, and then you can't conceive of, of being in a group because you think it's going to hold you back, all right? And instead of, let me partner with all these people, you figure out how to do things on your own, and then you subcontract that out to people so that the result is determined and very clear, and if the person isn't working well, you can get rid of them right? As opposed to hiring a guy as a programmer partner for you. And when he stops working and goes MIA, your site is fucked because he had all the code and no one could make sense of his code. Ask me how I know, because that's exactly what happened to me and my partner. So I would avoid groups. Um, you know, the only thing I would, I would consider would be a mastermind group of guys who are actual winners. Okay. Guys who are actually doing well. And Chances are this is not going to be an online mastermind group because guys who are actually doing well don't advertise. They don't want a bunch of guys who don't know what they're doing joining their group unless they're going to hustle them for money. They will more be like high value, high earning guys that you meet, um, you know, in person or or you can maybe reach out to them if you if you can prove that you are successful. For example, um, Brian from Loser to Winner is killing it right now in uh, drop shipping on AliExpress. So, you know, we've started talking and, and going back and forth on stuff like that. And, and he knows Facebook AdWords really well. So, you know, we're able to share notes on that. And I'm able to share notes on, on blogging and stuff like that with him. So that's that's a situation where it's it's useful for the but for the most part, um, it's not going to be useful for you. All right. Okay, so the next traps that Harry Brown covers are the government traps. Okay, so government trap number one is the belief that the government is useful and deserve your support. When in reality, the government is a monopoly on, on force. Okay, everything, everything comes down to the barrel of a gun in your face. All right, when you vote, you vote for a master. When you vote, you vote for the guy who controls all the guns, basically. All right, that's, that's how it goes. They are a monopoly on force. They're allowed to... Use force, whereas anyone else is deemed a criminal, which is why the government prosecutes criminals and people who actually use force so hard and spend um, mo more of their efforts against criminals than violent criminals than anything else. Because uh, the violent criminal is the one who threatens their monopoly on force. And if you look at all the revolutions through history, they are not about raising awareness or anything like that. They are about actually going out and fighting with guns, okay? Um, and then, in turn, if that revolution succeeds, then they become the new government, the new monopoly on force, or they are stomped out by the current government, which is the most likely scenario. So, as long as you believe that this monopoly on force, that, that you need to support, and all these people who put guns in your face, you are going to buy into the trap that you need a government. All right, now, listen, I am not a libertarian idealist. Um, for the last 10,000 years since the invention of agriculture, we have had governments because people always believe that they need that government and the government always sells them that they need uh, to be there. And I don't expect that to change anytime soon. I'm not trying to convince the entire world, but I'm explaining to you why I don't believe in and why I don't buy in and why I think you shouldn't buy in. 
but don't expect other people to not buy in and don't expect governments to go anywhere anytime soon. And please don't think I'm advocating any type of violent revolution or anything like that. In fact, I'm advocating the exact opposite of any type of violence. Government trap number two, the belief that you have a moral duty to obey the laws. Okay. Now, I'm not advocating you break any laws because breaking the law might get you caught, thrown in jail, and it is not something that I would advocate. Um, but the point is the morality, the morality that you defer to these guys with guns, that you have a moral obligation, okay? Again, it's just a monopoly on force. They're just the ones who got all the guns, control the people through force. You don't have a morality to that government, all right? You don't have a, mor a moral obligation. That's what you have to understand. Government trap number three. The belief that government creates social programs or reforms in your favor. Occasionally that might happen, but for the most part, it doesn't happen. What happens is the politician betrays his promises, or if he does put the actual act in through, it comes through... Um, you know, and it's not exactly what's promised and there's a bunch of other things attached to it. And that money is not created from a void. It's taken from people. It's taken from your tax dollars, okay? Those social programs are created through taking that money from you or taking that money from other people like you. It's Government cannot create anything. They can only redistribute it. They can only take it from Peter to pay Paul, Okay. That is their function, is, is the redistribution of assets through um, taxation, which is done at the barrel of a gun. Because at the end of the day, everything they do is the barrel of a gun, right? Everything they do comes down to, um, if you don't do this, you go to jail. Because force, might, is what controls the world. Might is right. Might is the uh, controlling mechanism of the entire planet. Government trap number four, the government is so powerful that, you, that um, they can prevent you from being free, okay? All the laws are just, uh, the laws are, you know, words that government writes and then they enforce them through uh, guns, basically. But it's just words and it's constantly changing, okay? However, there are real consequences to breaking those laws. There are real consequences because other people believe in them but recognize them for what they are um, and keep quiet about it. Okay. I'm not telling you to go out and broadcast this like, Hey, those laws don't really matter. They're just a bunch of words on a piece of paper. That's not a smart thing to do. The smart thing to do is follow the laws. Okay. Because if you don't, then it's a gun to your face, but play smart. There are Tons of um, legal tax loopholes. Look at how rich people live, right? Look at how wealthy guys live. They don't pay tax like a normal person. You want to understand how they do things, and you want to see how you can do that um, in your life. Like one one example is moving out of the country. Like when I moved out of Canada, my taxation situation got a lot more favorable, right? Especially if you are earning income outside of the country that you live in. Um, you can look up something called the five flags theory, which breaks down how to do that. Um, you can look at sites like flag3.com, international man, nomad capitalist. These guys all have really useful sites, uh, useful forums on how to become free, how to do it legally, how to live in, in uh, different countries, um, how to have multiple passports and different bank accounts. Again, all this stuff is 100% legal. This is what rich, wealthy people actually do. Um, you know, how to incorporate your, your corporation legally in a tax haven, uh, just like companies like Google are incorporated in the Netherlands and um, Ireland because it saves them of an absolute fortune as opposed to being uh, set up in the U.S., okay? This is the kind of mentality you have to bring on. You have to look at how the wealthy, smart people live and... They, they, they don't believe in this moral obligation to the, the law. They just, they just uh, live for themselves and do what's best for them and their family. Okay? Uh, you also find that 
you can live a lot better in a country that is corrupt, okay? Especially if they're a country that doesn't have a ton of money because you can negotiate the law in that country, all right? It's the importance of mental freedom. However, okay, one major caveat that I want to put out there is that this is not something that you particularly broadcast, okay? Now, it's not illegal to say these things or to have these opinions, at least not in most Western countries, but a lot of people don't have that opinion and you'll make them upset. And where you especially don't want to do that is if you are in court or dealing with the police, which again, you shouldn't be because I'm, I'm telling you not to break the law. I'm telling you to um, play smart and, and, and do, do things strategically within the laws. However, if you are in court or dealing with the police, this is not the kind of shit you want to talk about because these types of people take these things seriously. And in those situations, you want to be a good boy. You want to keep your mouth shut. Um, you don't want to antagonize the police. You don't want to antagonize the government because they have all the guns. Okay. So you just want to play it smart within the actual framework of the law and really just model um, what wealthy people have, have always been doing and like I said, sites like Nomad Capitalist, Fight Theory, all these sites uh, give you massive amounts of information on how to structure your life for uh, financial freedom, for physical freedom, being able to travel around the world and incorporating your business and all that stuff. And over the next 10 years, I will build that into my site and my program as well as, as I continue to learn these things. And you can stay tuned for that on, on my site. Okay, so that's government trap number four. Next trap is the despair trap, okay? The belief that other people can prevent your freedom. Uh, and the despair that like, oh man, I just can't do this. It's so complicated. It's so hard. Well, you just put one foot in front of the other and sooner than later, you're in Thailand. You know, it took me what felt like a long time to get here, but, but looking back, it's just another memory now. Now I'm over here and I'm free and it's beautiful. You don't have to move here. You can move wherever you want, or you can stay in the U.S., or you can do whatever you want. But uh, don't despair because no one can prevent you from being free. Uh, unless you're born in North Korea. If you were born in a Western country, uh, you should be very thankful that you were born in a neoliberal um, capitalist country as opposed to a communist or fascist country because you have a much greater amount of freedom than people who are born in those countries. Okay, if you're born in North Korea, you're fucked and you're not getting out. But if you're from a Western country, like the vast majority of you guys are, you can be free and you have an incredible amount of opportunities and you can do it all within staying without breaking any laws. Um, you can do it all legally without uh, evading tax. And there is, at this point in the game, you have that freedom. You have that power. Don't let the doom and gloom guys bring you down or the people who say it can't be done. It can 100% be done. And you have more opportunities for freedom than any time in history. With the internet, um, with cheap air travel, I mean, it's insane. So don't listen to the naysayers on that. Just stay on your game. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and really focus on applying yourself and you can make it happen. All right. The next trap is the rights trap. The Human rights trap. This is the belief that your rights exist and they're protected. Now, the idea of human rights and the Declaration of Independence and the pursuit of happiness is a beautiful thing. Um, but rights don't actually exist. Okay, they, it's just a concept. And let's say you're in America. Uh, you believe that your rights make you free. Okay, because it's written into the law and it's written into the Constitution. And... You believe that all the powers that be are going to honor your rights, okay? In reality, this is just not true. Because if that were true, there would be no murders and no robberies and no rapes. But there's murders, robberies, rapes every day of the year, okay? Might trumps right. Might trumps right. Force trumps right. And rights don't actually exist. Violence, violence exists. Rights don't exist. This idea of God-given inalienable human rights is uh, a fiction. It is a concept. It is a nice concept, and it's a concept that um, it's a strategy that I would use in my personal life, and that most normal people use in the sense that, like, 
the other person deserves respect, even if you degree, disagree with your, your, their opinion. And normal, well-adjusted people use that, um, that strategy and, that, and that, that way of approaching people. But the idea of this inalienable right that can't be touched is just a concept because someone can just come and put a gun to your face and, and take what they want from you because might trumps right. And as I said before, that force is what governs the world, okay? Um, and that just doesn't apply to criminals. It applies to people who uphold the law too, okay? There's a lot of the police, I'm sure the vast majority and judges are, you know, good people and, and uh, mean well, um, but it doesn't mean that every judge or every policeman does. And if you think that the person who has no money and has a public defender has the same um, protections as the billionaire who can afford a team of lawyers, knows every legal loophole, you are retarded, okay? That billionaire has a lot more rights than the person with no money because they can afford to buy them. They can afford to work the system to their advantage. They have a lot more privileges. They have a lot more power. They can avoid going to jail. They can afford, um, avoid, they can win lawsuits even if they're guilty. I mean, like you got to look at you realistically. That's, that's realistically how the world works. Even in a country where the, the, uh, the idea of human rights is written into the constitution. That's just how the world works. You got to be realistic about this shit. So instead of thinking, well, oh, my rights were, are going to protect me. Consider the consequences before you do everything, okay? This is like what I said in, in the earlier trap as well as in my video, how to stay out of trouble. Okay, let's say you're in America and you have these certain human rights and, you know, a police pulls you over and you start swearing at him and cussing him out and saying, fuck you, I have my rights, you know, I, you didn't do this and that. Do you think that that guy is not going to leverage the law to the maximum amount um, to make sure that, that he can punish you in some way. Of course he is because he's a human being, okay? And even if you have these certain rights, he is going to work it to a situation where you are um, in trouble, okay? Because you are acting like an asshole and you're not being smart. Instead, forget about these rights as offering you some type of protection. Consider the consequences before you do anything, okay? Consider what the consequences of your actions are, the realistic consequences, instead of pretending like you have these rights as a shield, all right? Look at what the world really is. The rights is just a concept, all right? The real thing is the violence. The real thing is guns to your face. That's, that's the real thing, okay? So look at the consequences for, um, you know, putting yourself in a situation where there's, there's gun to your face and avoid doing that, of course. All right. Stuff like, you know, you see a bunch of protesters getting in the police face and, you know, they're spitting on them and they're yelling at them. And eventually the cops snap and start beating the shit out of the protesters. No one should be surprised when that happens because the cops are human beings. They are, and they get angry like normal human beings do. And if you're in there spitting in a, and if you're in there protesting, first of all, you're wasting your fucking time. If you're there spitting in a policeman's face, you're retarded. And when you get beaten, you shouldn't be surprised because that's how the fucking world works. Okay. It runs on force. So forget about these rights. You know, the right to peaceful assembly gets violated all the time. That's how the fucking world works. Okay. Forget about all that stuff. It's your fault for being dumb and not aware of reality if you think that those rights protect you and you can do what you want and not have the consequences. Instead, look at what the actual consequences are, what the history is, and avoid doing things that get you in trouble, okay? Like I, like I keep saying, um, you might have a clear understanding of government and force, but that clear understanding should make you say, well, I'm not going to protest this. I'm not going to yell. I'm going to... Um, follow the laws, but I'm going to play the game to the best of my ability within the legal framework, uh, within the taxation framework, and I'm going to do it like uh, wealthy people do. I'm going to play the game in the same way that they do. I'm going to learn the things that they know and be able to do it all uh, legally and play it smart, all right? Next trap is the utopia trap, okay? The utopia trap, and this one gets so many guys, okay? Of, of, of all the traps, this one is the worst, especially f seems for high IQ guys. 
who see what a mess the world is and then they think, well, we have to change this, okay? This is the belief that you have to create a utopian society to be free. And I can pretty much call out 90% of the men's self-improvement, all the men's blogs, the, all the political guys subscribe to this fallacy. We have to do this. We create this glorious. We create this utopian society. And they speak in this really high-minded language and they talk about the glorious greatness that they're going to create and then, then they can be free. Well, that is never going to happen. There's never been a utopia. There's almost for sure not going to be a utopia and there for sure is not going to be one within our lifetime. Okay. However, you can create a utopia for yourself right here, right now. You can be free right now. You can optimize your own life right now and you can do it if you work hard for, um, you, you can uh, get some friends involved, you can get your family involved, and perhaps you can spread this information to other people like I'm trying to do, right? As opposed to some vague utopian dream with no metrics and no actual plan to get there, and it's at some unspecified date in the future after you're dead, and this is what you're working so hard for, and you've got no actionable plan and no actionable metrics, and, and you don't know how you're going to get there. But this is what guys give their lives for. They give all their excess energy in this to this vast, utopian, vague uh, dream that has no bearing on reality and no actual metrics, no ability to measure progress. It's like when I was working in sales and you'd have the rookie salesman talking about all the deals that were going to come in. And the sales manager would sit them down and just be like, which deal is coming in? When? How? How close are you to progress? How farther have you moved it through? Did he give give you a verbal yes? And then they, they measure you by your sales targets, right? The guys who are talking about these fantasy deals, like, oh, this one might come in two years from now, were 100% full of shit and nothing they ever did came through. It was the guys who had the actual metrics like, yeah, I think this one will come through. What are the odds? 60%. How close are we? Um, how far would, have we pushed the ball? What do we need to do to close them? You know, this type of, of thing. You need those actual metrics. What are your sales targets? How much have you made this month? How close do you to being on target? That is the, the fucking baseline for building something, right? And these utopian guys don't even have that. They don't have a prayer of getting this done and they're not significant to it, all right? And it's gonna happen after they're dead, most likely, if it was to happen at all, which it won't, okay? Yeah. You're also dependent on the follow-through of millions of people because to change the world, you need millions of people to do things. And the fucking millions of people don't do anything until you put a gun to their face or until they're starving. As long as The Bachelor's on TV and they have enough money to put in their SUV, they're not going to do shit, okay? And people don't follow through. If you expect people... If you're 100% hardcore radical to a cause and you expect others to be that that way, again, you're falling into the group trap, all right? People aren't going to follow through with the same commitment that you are, no matter how many times you tell them, okay? It's just not how people work. Also, you don't have significance on the outcome, all right? Fuck out of here with that. The world remakers are powerless. They can't do it, yet they place all their emphasis of their life on it, all right? Concentrate power where you know that you can make a difference. Okay, this is what free men recognize. You recognize that you can't change the world. So why put all your emphasis on stuff that you can't change as opposed to stuff that you can change? I'm speaking to you right now. You're watching me. You're watching my business grow because of the actual effort that I put into things that I can change. I can get more YouTube followers. I can get more traffic to my site. I can get more book sales. I can release more products. And it makes drastic, enormous, positive differences in my life. I can't create a new government. And even then, I'm, I'm subscribing to the idea that the government is a good thing. All right? At the end of the day, you have power to change yourself. And you have a massive amount of power to change yourself and your lifestyle. You have an enormous amount of power. What you don't have amount of power to do is to change the world. Okay? Create a comfortable life for yourself. All right? where 50% or more of the things that used to bother you don't bother you anymore. You can do that within a year. You can you can get rid of so much stuff that used to bother you and create a lifestyle where it doesn't bother you, all right? I break this down in my book, How to Get Organized. All the disorganization can be, you can set up a system within one week. 
everything running on autopilot. I show you how to do it. Um, you can get rid of the negative people in your life. You can do that within a day. You can break up with a toxic girlfriend. You can do that today. You can do all these massive things that are creating massive change for you starting today, but you can't do it with the politics, with society and the culture. Okay. And you have to remove that as a trigger. You have to rem remove that utopia trap as a trigger. As long as you think that you have control over that and as long as you think you're significant, as long as you think you have to do something to create this utopia, it's going to trigger you. Second, you get rid of that, you can focus on your life and it doesn't have to make you upset. All right. You can watch politics for the spectacle that it is just like you could watch pro wrestling. Okay. So next trap is the burning issue trap. All right. The belief, and this kind of ties into the utopia trap, the belief in really important social issues and that they need your urgent action and attention. But in reality, they don't. Okay. The social engineers just flatter you and shame you to get you to participate because they don't exist unless you participate. The president is just a guy, it's just a human animal in a suit made out of cloth um, if you don't buy in, right? If you don't buy in, then they don't exist. The government doesn't exist because the government's just a concept. So they have the best social engineers combined in the military industrial complex and advertising to shame you, to flatter you, to get you to buy in, right? They flatter you like your vote matters. Your vote doesn't fucking matter. If your vote mattered, they wouldn't let you do it, right? If you could actually make real change, they wouldn't let you do it. Uh, and they shame you where if you don't participate or you don't vote for the right party or you don't believe the right thing, then you're a bad person, right? That's how all the political parties work. Well, this guy's the bad guy, and if you vote for him, you're bad. Or when the other party says, no, that one's the bad guy, you vote for them if it... it you're, you're a bad human being or you're a coward or you're patriotic or you're this and that. But if you vote for our guy and you're part of our team, you're great and your vote counts and we love you and we're going to take care of you and we're, we're the, the party of the people and on and on and on. You know how it goes. In reality, you don't matter to the world. They don't care about you. They don't, they don't know your name. They don't care if you die in a gutter. I remember in the Trump-Clinton election, their supporters were fighting in the streets they don't care about that. They, they don't care if that, that supporter dies in the fucking gutter in the street because they don't even know that guy's name. He's not part of their family. How could they care about him? You know, that, that won't even reach their radar, all right? You know, if, if you're fighting for someone who doesn't know your name, you've got your priorities backwards, brother. You've got it all wrong, man. Those burning issues, you know, don't matter. You don't matter to them. If you want to contribute to a charity, if, if some issue draws your attention, sure, you can do that. If that makes you happier and makes you feel good to be able to help someone. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I think um, charity and helping people is terrific. But you don't have an obligation, all right? You don't have an obligation. It's like no one has an obligation to help me, to help me pay my rent. That's that's my own obligation, all right? You, you really only have an obligation to yourself. And maybe it's your mom and dad if they've raised you well. Um, you know, to, to take care of them in your old age. But other than that, and, and if you have children, of course, like, you know, not abandoning your children, but other than that, you don't have an obligation to things, especially to this burning issue that's just been sold to you. Um, it's a work, it's a manipulation. It's, you know, hitting you with shame and flattery. And in reality, you don't even matter to that issue. Okay, the litmus test is, how will that issue change with my input? I always think about like, if I died, what would change? Right. If I died, what would change? I could I could focus on being political the rest of my life because I think that my opinion matters and my voice matters. But if I died, how much of that? What difference would that make for me being alive, spending my whole life doing that or me dying? And it's like in all those cases, I could die. and It wouldn't matter. Right. Whereas with this business, OK, I'm not changing the world, but I can change a lot of people's lives. And yeah, if I die, you probably go watch someone else. But. I can add a lot of value. Um, you know, if I'm able to do this for the next 40 years, I can leave a legacy. I can leave, hopefully, change 20, 30, 40,000 lives. If I continue to do this, that's a much better use of my time, right? Same goes to you. You could do that in your service business, all right? Um, helping your clients, your, your uh, um, a fitness coach, right? You could get thousands of people of shape, in shape over a lifetime and change the world that way as opposed to getting caught in some burning issue trap that you don't have significance in, okay? 
The next fallacy, the next trap is the precious investment trap. Okay. This is a big one. This, this is one that used to catch me up all the time. This is one that still catches my best friend up who is obsessed with value. He's the kind of guy who will spend three days um, researching a $40 purchase to make sure that he invested the right amount of value. So the idea is all the time money that you've invested in something. I can't leave this marriage because of all the time money I invested in. I can't sell this investment because of all the time and money and, and I lost money on it. I can't um, quit my job because of all the time I'd spent in school and my career and getting my degrees and uh, or this business is failing and there's it's obvious that I, I, I did things the wrong way. This product-based business, I should have chosen a service business, but I put so much money and time into it. All that shit is irrelevant. Okay, what you've paid, the time, the investment you spent to get there is irrelevant. Okay, what matters is what's going on right now. If your relationship is toxic, but you put a ton of time and, and money into this girl, it's done. It doesn't matter. It's done. Okay, stop throwing good money after bad. That will fuck up your life. This applies to your uh, degree, your career, your lifestyle, your education. Precious, precious investment trap will catch you up and it's something that you, you definitely have to avoid. Okay. Next trap is the box trap. That's similar to the precious investment in the sense that the box is anything that's restraining your freedom. Okay, and the box trap is the belief that the cost of getting out of the box is too high so that you don't even entertain other options. You don't even think about like, what else could I do? You just think, oh man, I can never get out of this. Um, I can't do that because I have the house or I'm married. I'm really unhappy, but I can't get divorced. I can't be a divorced person. Oh, my parents, you know, what, I, my children, what, what would I think? Like, you know, um, and at the end of the day, you always have a choice. Okay. You always have a choice. doesn't matter if there's a gun to your head, you have the choice to choose what that guy tells you to do, or you have a choice to say, fuck you, basically kill me. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, no one can take that choice from you. No one can make you do something, right? Now, the, the, um, the price to pay might be very strong, but you always have that choice. That's a very important thing to understand. So once you understand that, then you get to consider the three factors when you are um, thinking about anything where you feel like you're boxed in, all right? Number one is uh, the cost of escaping and what you could do. Okay, the marriage isn't working. How much does it cost me? How much would it cost me in this divorce? Did you sign the prenup? Did you have the asset dissolution contract in place before you got married? Probably not. So it probably cost you a fair amount. Um, what are the benefits? Do the benefits outweigh the price to pay? And finally, number three, what is the price you pay for staying suck, stuck? Like what is the opportunity cost? What lifestyle could you live or have lived if you weren't stuck in this box, all right? Those are the three conditions. And the, um, the major takeaway is that the sooner you get out, the less you pay for it, all right? So the sooner you get out of that box, the sooner you make the decision, the less you pay, as opposed to waiting in an unhappy marriage for the next decade and suffering and then making that decision, which caught, in the end cost you way more, all right? So that's very important to understand about the box trap. Right. Next trap is the certainty trap. Certainty trap. Certainty trap is where everyone is so fucking certain. Okay, everyone's so certain. It's amazing, especially with young people I see. Like students are so certain that they know the exact right political system for the country, and they are certain of it. And anyone else is a monster or whatever word they want to use to whatever word they want to use to ad hominem attack or slander that person. Okay. Like a 19 year old kid is so sure and so certain to that, that they know the best person to run the country and the best system and that anyone else is a monster. Okay. Um, and, and they're so radical in their thinking and so convinced that they're right. In reality, this person hasn't studied history and politics for the last 20 years. I've, I've been studying this stuff since I was 15. It's going on 20 years. And in that time, my opinion has evolved so much to the point where every five years, I might as well be an entirely different person in terms of my outlook on life, right? If you caught me 
Five, six years ago, I would have said I was a libertarian. Now I don't say I'm anything. I don't have any ideology. I've moved beyond the ideologies. I stopped worrying about what the best system would be because I don't matter. And because there are innumerable factors involved in that um, decision. And I've just moved beyond those ideological boxes. Okay. And I just look at things with from a fresh perspective and I'm constantly bringing in new information. So everyone is so certain. In reality, the smartest thing to do is be humble. Okay. Be humble and be open to new information. Even if you're smart, actually, especially if you're smart. I used to think I was a smart boy. So I was certain about these things. Now I just keep my eyes open to new perspectives and I don't worry about, um, these different areas about where I have to be certain for. Okay. You don't have to have an opinion on everything, right? The fucking cab driver has, has an opinion on politics. You don't have to have an opinion on every little thing. Okay. You just have to focus on your life. And the smart thing to do is move forward with your eyes open. Um, be sure about some things like, or, or be, uh, look at things in terms of probability. A player in the game of life doesn't work with certainties. He works with probabilities. Like I really think I can just destroy that business. I can do really well in that business and I'm going to start it. And to prove my assumptions, I should be hitting these metrics, uh, three to three months, six months, a year in. And as you start hitting those metrics, you realize, okay, I am right. And then you can double down on the decision and you can add more to it and you can become more sure and the probabilities work more in your favor. So look more in terms of probabilities and, um, really avoid this certainty, especially when it comes to ideological things and, and, you know, these isms and everyone's so certain that they have the right ideology. Just, just don't even worry about that stuff. Okay. Play past ideologies. All right. And just look at what's in front of you in terms of reality and look at it in terms of probabilities, right? Everyone asks me what I think is going to happen in the future. I don't know. I can't predict the future, but I can look, I can look back through history and I'll say this, this is what I think is probably going to be happening because that's what has happened throughout history. But if things change, then I will change on a dime and adapt to the new situation uh, to the best of my abilities and try and look at what the next move is and, and what the next probability is going to be and look at the benchmarks to reinforce that I'm right in that particular area. All right. And don't get caught in the trap of having to be certain in areas that don't really affect you. Okay. You don't have to be certain. You don't have to have an opinion about everything. People ask me stuff a lot of the time. I just say, I don't have an opinion on that. And they're like, what? Yeah, you don't. Well, I just don't have an opinion. I don't have an opinion. It's that simple. So those are the end of the traps. Okay. And again, that is a summary of the book. And it's my, uh, with the addition of, of my insights on it, but I highly recommend you check out the Kindle book, um, super cheap and perhaps the best, if not one of the best books that I can recommend. All right. Hands down. However, I just want to do one, you know, a brief couple minutes on Harry Brown himself, because there's a few things that I don't agree with him on because I don't agree with anyone hundred percent. So Harry Brown was a lifelong libertarian. Okay. Which to me is always strange because the, most of the libertarian guys recognize that government, um, they don't, is, is just a display of force, but they are still advocating for change. I think the true evolution is just to move beyond any type of ism. Okay. Move beyond politics altogether. And in the book, Harry Brown actually, uh, actually advocates for that. But when you actually look at his lifestyle, it's a bit different because he was also an advocate for libertarian philosophies and there's a libertarian party. And despite all that he wrote, he wrote this book in 1973, 1996, he ran for president, which to me was a complete betrayal of um, his principles. And when he ran, a lot of other prominent um, libertarians felt the same way and you know, advised him not to run and this and that. And his excuse was that he wanted to um, live the next 20 to 40 years in peace. Okay. What happens was he didn't want, he didn't win obviously, and he died 10 years later. So he spent a good chunk of what were his last decade taking on the massive amount of stress and um, financial obligations of becoming president, thinking that it would give him 
that on the off chance that he won, he would get 20 years of peace and freedom, 20 to 40 years of peace and freedom. In reality, he died in the next decade. And also, that's a fucking lie, okay? By being president is not going to give you peace and freedom. Being president would give him a massive amount of stress. In reality, he ran um, through a series of conversations that he had with his wife over a couple years because he had a big ego and he fell into the trap of um, changing the world and creating that utopia. He fell into the trap that he outlined in his own book, okay? So what that should show you that is that um, it's not enough to just learn and understand this stuff. You have to constantly reinforce it to yourself because all these people and these programmers um, use social engineering to hijack your primitive tribal instincts. Okay? You have to be constantly reinforcing yourself um, of the reality of the world. Just like reframing negative emotions. Like if you're an intelligent guy, you realize that there's no point in having a negative emotion. So the most intelligent thing to do is, is to reframe that into a positive emotion. However, just like everyone else, like myself, I get caught in a negative emotion. I'm unaware of it for five minutes or so. And then I think, oh, fuck, I got caught in that. Uh, let's reframe here back on track. So it's important to reinforce these principles to yourself, okay? And to not fall into the trap, all right? And this is something that I make sure to do. I make sure if I, someone, most of the time I don't follow um, politics too much, but if someone sends me something, something crazy, I might get triggered for half a second, then I realize, wait, doesn't matter. Uh, outside of my control, um, not part of my reality, doesn't affect me. And, and I move back to being positive and focusing on my own life. So goes to show that it's not just enough to understand this stuff. You actually actually have to live it. And, um, you know, you have to reinforce it to yourself. And it's also good if you have a, a couple of other guys who are like-minded, who are able to reinforce it back to you, to keep you on the right path, to keep you focused on your life and creating change and positive things and uh, living a great life for yourself. So that's it. Again, I recommend you check out the books. Link to the book uh, below the video. Link to the book in the article on my website, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com as well as check out my personal books, uh, check me out on Facebook, uh, check out the audios on iTunes and SoundCloud. And as always, I wish you much love and all the best in your personal development journey.